our church. Yeah, so. Okay. I don't think there's any more announcements. No? Okay, then we're going to do it one more time. Everybody stand up. Give it up for Todd. Oh, brother. <sighs> hey, Josiah and Daniel, can you guys, uh, would you mind bringing that wooden thing down here? Thank you. <laughs> okay. Bless you guys. It's good to see you. Uh, I want to pray over this meeting, over this room. Holy Spirit, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you so much. We ask you to move continuously more and more and more. There's so much more. You are an ocean without a shore, and we really want more of you. So thank you. Just pour down your oil, your fire, rain, your wind in this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I ask God that, um, that you would really, uh, thanks, guys, that you would really uh, touch our hearts with your truth, God, and, uh, and let the speaker speak truth. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, I'm going to try to avoid doing this with, with, with glasses tonight. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can do this. Uh, <sighs> okay. Just something that's been in my heart to speak to you guys about that I want to bless you with. And it's about being poor in spirit. Is that okay? You all right still? <laughs> Matthew 5. Let's go to Matthew 5. <laughs> Matthew 5 is where Jesus is talking to the masses on a hilltop. We've been to that hilltop. It's awesome. Uh, and and is is giving what he, we call the Beatitudes. And I just want to read through them real quick. I'm going to focus on the very first one. Uh, seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain, and he was seated with his disciples, came to him. Um, then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be conf uh, confront comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because they were going to be, they're going to be filled. Blessed are the merciful, because they're going to get mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The word blessed here means happy. It really does. That's the translation of this word, blessed. Um, I want to focus on the first one because this is a difficult one for people to hear. Blessed, happy are those who are poor in spirit. Because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Happy are those who are poor in spirit because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to tell you this. I've been, in, um, I've been in the word of faith before. I used to work for Kenneth Copeland. You guys know who Kenneth Copeland is? Okay. Uh, and um, the word poor is not a popular word in the Word of Faith movement. 
It's not. And, and, and rightly so. They, they, teach, uh, they teach a lot of good things about not settling for poverty mindset. Okay? I want to tell you this, that this verse is not talking about having a poverty mindset at all. All right? I want to break this down for you without my glasses. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was going to, last minute today, I thought of a little video clip that I thought I would show, but I, I just didn't have time to get it up on the screen. But I'll tell you what my brain thought of at, at certain times in my life when I thought of this scripture. Who here remembers hee-haw? Oh, yes. Wait, let me see your hands again. Oh, wow. Right on. I was telling, I was telling my, my kids about it. Um, one of my kids that said, you watched that in California? <laughs> Actually, I watched it. I was born in Texas, and my parents used to watch it all the time. Um, and there was something that came to my mind that, that when I thought about this poor in spirit, it was this, remember this skit with the four, four old dudes and they sit in there with a uh, moonshine in their hands and they sing this pathetic song. They go, gloom, despair, and agony on me. Whoa. Who did that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Deep, dark depression and excessive misery. If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Whoa, gloom, despair, and agony <laughs> on me. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Uh, <laughs> I would think of something like that when I thought of blessed are the poor in spirit. Because I thought, I, thought, I don't want to, that sounds so depressing and it sounds pathetic. That's not at all what God's doing, what Jesus is doing here. Um, I want to make some things clear. It is not God's uh, will that we're going out there and being poor. Okay? It isn't. It isn't. And, and some of you might say, well, I'm in that position right now. How can that be? Not God's will. You know, he's, he's going to use every portion of your life for the greater good, always. Always, no matter where you're at at the moment. But ultimately, it is not the will of heaven that we are destitute, you know, in, in, in poverty. Because poverty is not what the cross did. <laughs> it's not. Um, however, <clears throat> some of those times um, really, really help us to appreciate some other things. So is it with this. Poor in spirit is, is talking about being in a position of needing Papa. Needing daddy. That's what it's talking about. No matter how much you know, how much you learned last week, uh, how much knowledge you have, you know, about the Bible, how much, even if you had a visitation from Jesus himself in your room, uh, and now you're glowing, you still need to be in a position of, I really need you, though. It's you that I need. Okay? Have you ever noticed that in sometimes, once in a while, don't, you don't have to linger on who this might be. But, uh, uh, you know, people in your life might get a revelation about something, and all of a sudden they're a little arrogant and, and treat other people around them like they're stupid, <laughs> you know. Sooner or later they crash and burn and come back to, oh, my gosh, I need God. 
I need, I need more revelation because there is more revelation. We've never come to the fullness of it. Um, this, this, uh, this is one of the cries of my heart, this scripture, actually. This is what we teach the youth group, to always be in a position to, um, to really, really need God in everything you're, you're doing. He is certainly going to teach us how to make decisions you know, and, um, and release us to build, release us to create. Um, but if we're still doing it, if we're doing it still saying, I need, I need, I need you, you've got the, you've got the better idea. Is this good? You know, or I, I I'm just, th- what I just did would be nothing without you. Thank you. You know, even a thank you is a portion of being poor in spirit. Uh, Years ago, we, when we we, li- we used to live in Missouri, um, and uh, I was really, really into every single Vineyard CD that came out at the time. You guys remember the Touching the Father's Heart series? Ah, yeah, that was some good stuff. In fact, we today we keep remembering some of those songs, and oh, I'm like, oh, let's bring that one back because that's really yummy. There was one that I was listening to obsessively, and every time I would hear it, I would cry. I remember sitting in my car at the Andy Williams Theater parking lot, because I used to work for him, and uh, and um, and sitting there, and I couldn't I couldn't get out of the car because I was listening to this song. It was by Cindy Rethmeyer, Reth Rainmaker Rethmeyer. Reth, remember her? Um, it was called Help Us Our God. Remember this song? Help us our God. Remember that one? Um, well, anyway, it was saying, help us our God, help us our Savior um, for the glory of your name. And it, it went on to say how desperately we need God. Okay. Um, man, that song wrecked my heart in such a good way. And it still does. But at that time, somebody heard me listening to that song and kind of rebuked me and made me feel stupid for, for hearing that song and said, that's not a real worship song, you know. That's, that's, a, that's a selfish song because it's all about you, you know. And I started feeling weird that I didn't know the difference, you know. And um, I, 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 I felt embarrassed and then I started feeling like, do I not even not, do I not, uh, this, this causes my heart to worship this song does. Am I wrong? You know, um, until, uh, until I heard God myself telling me, bless them, but they're wrong about this. When you cry out to me, it is an act of worship. When you say, I need your help, that is worship to me just as much as glory to God is. It's, it is. It's because it's him that we're asking help from, <laughs> right? I mean, if the song said, help us, you know, Justin Bieber or something, that'd be a little weird. But it's God that it's saying help. You know, I'm crying out to God. So that's why it touched my heart so much, because that is the heart's cry. And I would go really, really deep with that song, uh, because, that, because I remained in a position of, I need your help. Um, there's a delicate balance in all this where we can, (laughs) sorry about the Justin Bieber thing. Um, 
where we can where we can grow into maturity and yet still be in a position of needing God. It's not pathetic. When we come into this house to worship God, we should be poor in spirit. We really should. We should be in a place where our spirit is going, I need to worship God right now. I need a touch from God. I need to worship God. It's not selfish. It's not. Of course we need that. We're made in his image. We're made to worship God. I like to say we're made by his breath to contain his breath. (sighs) Okay. I want to talk about one of my heroes for a second, David, in the Bible. In Psalms 131, uh, David, who, David, okay, David at this point was the most powerful man on, on the planet. God was calling him the man after his own heart. He was leading Israel. He was, he was the king. He was a strategist. He was, um, he was good at army stuff, whatever that means, whatever you, however you say that. Uh, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. And in this scripture, uh, in this scripture, he tells God that he doesn't involve himself in complicated matters and he needs God. And this is telling that he remained in a position where he needed God's help. He needed God to guide him. And then comes Solomon. Same thing. The dude is amazing. He had he'd already built his house, the, uh, the house of the Lord. He'd gotten married here, so he's not a little tiny kid. And yet in 1 Kings 3, song, uh, Solomon, actually, let me read that. Um, 1 Kings 3. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, okay. He is, uh, okay, yeah, uh, uh, Solomon. Now the king, um, trying to find the right place. Oh, yeah, here we are. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. This is in the middle of the night when he's asleep, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? And And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant, David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you've given him a son to sit on his throne, and it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king, um, you, you have, pardon me, you have made your servant king instead of my father. David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go about or come in, uh, to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen a, a great people. He's saying here that he's going about to lead everybody, and he doesn't know what he's doing. And he asks God. Uh, God says, "What do you want?" And he says, "I want a listening ear. That's what I want." And he wants it so that he can lead the people right. So he's asking God for some wisdom here 
on how to lead the folks, you know. But this is a man who's, who's built the, you know, the temple. He's built the house of the Lord. He's already a mighty man. And he's telling God, I'm like a kid. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, and I need you. Um, right after this, we see, well, God, God tells him, here, here's all the wisdom you want. You didn't ask for something for yourself. You asked how to lead other people with wisdom. So you get it all, you know, <laughs> by the way. Um, when we are meek, we, we do inherit a lot more, just like the Bible says in, in Matthew 5. Right after this scripture, though, we see, song, uh, we see Solomon acting out wisdom and advice, telling two women to split a baby in half. <laughs> if you think that's weird, just read the story. Uh, um, he, uh, well, yeah, I see some faces that are like, what? Okay, let me tell you. <laughs> right after this, he starts counseling people in wisdom to... Two harlots came to him with a baby, and, and they're both saying, this is my baby, this is my baby. Which one of us gets it? And he said, just split it in half. And, uh, and each of you gets a half. And then the rightful, uh, the, and then the, the, right, the, the real mother ended up saying, never mind, she can have it. And he found out who the real mother was because of that advice. Uh, so anyway, what I'm saying here is, in his act of saying, I don't know what I'm doing, I need you, I need to hear I need my ear to be open to you. God's like, here you go. And he becomes, you know, one of the wisest men that's ever been on the planet. One of the richest also. And he didn't ask for riches. You know, it's kind of like where the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. And then all these things are going to be added to you. Yeah. Uh. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. Um, it's, I, I heard, okay, I heard Bill Johnson say something recently that, about the subject, that um, was a private secret thought that I had that I w- thought I would never tell anybody ever until he said it. Uh, so I'm going to share it. Um, the reason I wouldn't share it is because if, if you hear it for just what it is, it sounds really bad and sounds like it doesn't make sense. But allow me to explain. God does not want us to be in an existence of sin because it hurts us and it corrupts our life. However, people that are trapped in sin seem to have a little bit better grasp sometimes of the mercy of God and what God's doing, um, how he moves than people that are just so educated in God. It's true. It's really true. <laughs> um, that doesn't mean that, I mean, don't hear me say this. So we all need to be sinners, you know. We all need to stay in a position of sin. <laughs> That's not at all it. But it's just that in that position, though, you're kind of destitute and hungry and um, hungry for more. There's, there's a spirit inside of man that is the God, everyone is a spirit living inside of this thing, this car, you know, this house, and uh, this temporary one. And so everybody's spirit is longing for God. And sometimes when you're in a lower place, you really appreciate what God's doing. Does that make sense? You appreciate his mercy even more. Um, 
But that doesn't mean you have to stay in sin. It, actually, the more we grow and mature, then we're going to understand, have more understanding about how to stay in that position as a person who's living in righteousness. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you just ask him, I want to stay hungry for you. I want to stay poor in spirit, but I want to be rich in my spirit too. <laughs> okay? And he'll do it. He'll help us. Um, and, and being poor in the natural does kind of the same thing. And please, again, don't hear me say, so we should all be poor. <laughs> okay? But it really, it really does. It really helps sometimes. If, if you've, how many in here have known a person who's rich who won't um, receive the love of God because they're pretty solid in what they've got going on? You know, on, on that basis, I have. Uh, because identity then becomes into, it, it, you know, gets rooted in this temporary thing called money, you know. And money is definitely something we need. But, uh, but some people that have a lot of it feel um, secure in that and not secure in God. And that's not being poor in spirit. Uh, sometimes, if there's a cry in the heart or, uh, well, it just depends. God, God will do what he wants. But sometimes he'll allow that to be snatched away from somebody um, in order to get their attention. Uh we have been in pretty poor, Crane and me, at times in our life. And it's what it's done is cause us to really appreciate every little thing that comes to us. You know what I'm saying? Every little thing that God's done, every little blessing that came our way, oh my God, it was like the huge rejoicing big deal to us. You know, because we were we were in need. Uh, I was thinking, I was just telling somebody one of our funny redneck stories of being poor in the Ozarks. And I don't even know if it's going to fit with this message, but I'll just tell it because it's funny. But <laughs> it actually does fit. But yeah, we, we lived in the Ozarks for a little while. We did. And um, we, we, we were in show business there. We were in the Andy Williams show. And, um, but because we were actors and performers, uh, it didn't mean that we were paid a whole bunch of money. That we still had big bills too, and uh, so for a while it was really rough. And um, there was this one time that we had this little green Geo Metro. We're we're driving through the Ozarks in the in the Ozark Hills, forest all around. You know, two lane road, and we were heading somewhere. And for some reason, the hood of my car just flew up and slammed into the windshield. But it did it with such force that it flew off into the forest. <laughs> You're laughing right now, but it wasn't funny at that moment. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. And um, it was really bad. And there was no way we can go. And it, it was a huge forest in the hills way down, you know, in this gulch. And there was no way we can go get the hood. So we just kept driving. Um, so we parked at our mobile home. Okay. Huh? Mo oh, she said modular home. It was a modular home. It was nice, too. We, we picked out how it was made. We had it made the way we liked. That's another, well, okay. Oh. 
Okay, I'm going to totally bunny trail on myself and be ADD here. Yeah, when we had our house made, we lived in Branson, Missouri, and it was made in Springfield, Missouri, which was like 40 miles north of Branson. And um, it was finally the day that our house was going to be delivered. <laughs> and um, But we were at work when it was being delivered. And one of our coworkers who lived in Springfield was late to work, and he said, I got stuck behind your house <laughs> on the freeway trying to get. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so we parked the little uh, Geometro at the house, at the modular home. And, um, and there was, I, I didn't cover it with tarp or anything. I didn't know, though, it was going to snow that night. And it snowed really big, too. And uh, so the next day, I tried to start the car, and I realized that the engine was totally gone. I mean, totally gone, which was heartbreaking. But um, so, you know, we, we didn't know what to do. We were, we were low on money and um, didn't have a car now. Well, we had another one, but uh, we needed to. Um, but over time, we, we also needed storage, you know. If you're living in a modular home... There's not much storage there, and, and as we accumulated things and our kids were growing up and we didn't need stuff, but we wanted to save it, we didn't know where to put it, so we started putting it in that car. <laughs> and, um, and Yeah, and, and I'll never forget the day that I'm standing on the front porch, and I, you know, I call Karina. I'm like, Karina, look, look at this. We have become rednecks. We're using a dead car in the driveway as a storage shed. I apologize to any true rednecks in here. For <laughs> it's true, it happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I would mow the lawn with a weed eater. I did, and I heard Jeff Foxworthy say, you know you're redneck if you mow the lawn with a weed eater. We would save. We would save everything we could to reuse it. And I heard Jeff Foxworthy say, uh, you know, you're a redneck if, if you have a matching salad bowl set. And they all say Cool Whip on the side. <laughs> and that's how, that's, how, that's how it was for us. Um, I'll tell I'll tell one more. I, I've got a lot of stories from the mobile home or the modular. I'll tell two more. Uh, one one from the modular, and then one since we moved back to California. Oh, yeah, I, I know I've told this one here before, but but maybe I'll tell it again. Yeah, the the house, the the modular home. Um, we didn't know the, we picked a piece of land for it to be on. And uh, when we picked it, it looked flat to us. But when we got when we got to it after they after they set it, you know, they set these things up on blocks. You know that. Um, when we got to it, we we looked at it and we went, "Oh my gosh, that's so dumb looking," because toward toward the street where you park, you know, the blocks were about this high, you know. But toward the other end, it was it was a sixteen by eighty foot house. Um, uh, it was so, the ground had stooped so low that um, 
that end of the house, the blocks were way over our heads. Like, it was the weirdest, it was dumb looking. It had skirting around it to hide the blocks, but so the skirting like grew and grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. <sighs> so because of that, um, sometimes when it would get a little windy, it, it, it shook and it was scary, you know. A lot of things would shake the house. Well, one night, <laughs> um, we used to have, we, have we, had a, we had the bomb Bible study all up in that house. And I mean up in that house. And uh, we did. We had, we, had a really, we had really neat Holy Spirit encounters with people in there. Um, but one night, yeah, I had a friend over and we were worshiping God. I mean, we were going to town worshiping God. And um, Karina was gone. The kids, I think they were here visiting her mom. And, um, and I mean, the Holy Spirit was moving in that room so so thick I, it it was one of those times where i, I thought i was going to go into a trance or something and just just playing the keyboard so loud and everything and my friend had to go home and I, and i was like bye I, I just had to stay where i was you know and i'm worshiping god and all of a sudden the house starts to shake and i'm like yes yes the power of god is here yes and <laughs> um uh, so I just kept worshiping, worshiping, and it was shaking more. And I'm like, oh, my God, look what he's doing. Uh, wait. Until I realized it was the spin cycle of the washing machine. <laughs> and not, not, not the presence of God that was shaking the house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, one more little one. And this, uh, this is... This this one's not quite as funny. It's actually really serious, but 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 it's funny. I mean, it's funny now, kind of. But yeah, after we moved back to California, um, we went through another really rough financial time. Because if you move from Missouri or Texas to here, it's different. Uh, so we had a rough start here in California, and um, man, we were we were so low on money at one point that. Um, we just couldn't buy toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. You want to hear the rest of the story? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, we were out of toilet paper. I didn't know how we were going to buy any. We couldn't even buy a dish rag or anything. And um, until I think the next day, it was like, okay, you know, I'm being paid the next day. And um, uh, But I got I got on my keyboard this again, I was alone at the house. I got on my keyboard. I'm like, you know what, God? I don't even care. It's you that I want. I'm, I need you. I need you. I need you in my heart. I need you. I need to focus on you and not my current situation. And I just started worshiping God. I'm going to tell you, I, I didn't think anybody knew about how our, our current situation. Okay. And um, so later on, after I'm having this awesome time worshiping God, and I, I came out of it, just I didn't even care about the toilet paper. I just did not care. I opened up our front door, and um, there was a big old bag full of toilet paper hanging from our handle, the door handle. So I always said the toilet paper angel came to our house. <laughs> he cares about everything. <laughs> he cares about the masses. He cares about the rest of us. Uh but because of these times, um, every time something was, was, was given to us, like the toilet paper, 
I rejoiced over that toilet paper. I mean, really, I could have danced over that toilet paper. Um, really, really genuinely happy. I was so thankful for that toilet paper. And every roll of toilet paper we were able to buy after that was a big deal also. I'm like, yes, thank you, God, that we could buy toilet paper right now. You know, and um, oh, my gosh, it, it, what I'm saying is this all brought me back to him all the time. It brought us toward him. It also caused us to, um, to really have some happy times with our kids, you know, uh, during that time, um, during that time, uh, uh, the toilet paper time, uh, we had some neighbors down the way who um, they were from England and they were pretty wealthy. Um, they were they were in the same complex as us because uh, they were actually on assignment to help build a bridge here in California, and um, so they were temporarily there. Their little cute little daughter um, liked to play with Sierra, and um, and she would stay long enough that we would give her dinner. And sometimes it was straight up just macaroni and cheese or ramen. Okay, you you hear me about the ramen? I mean, anybody can I get a witness about the ramen? Um, so yeah. And, uh, so I would get really embarrassed because she would tell her parents, you know, oh yeah, we had macaroni and cheese and they, and they actually would look at us a couple of times and like, you know, and, um, and we were friendly to them. They, they weren't, you know, quite as, they didn't return it so much, but so I would get super embarrassed is what I'm saying until the day that, um, that I heard my daughter and, and this little girl, uh, in, in the other room playing and she stopped and said, "Oh, Sierra, I wish I wish your daddy was I was wish my daddy was like your daddy." And um, she said, "Your daddy is so fun and funny, and my daddy never has time for us and doesn't really talk to us, you know, this kind of thing, because he's so busy making money." And man, did I get spoken to, you know, through that. I thought it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God, thank you, thank you, thank you. All these stories, they just, they've pointed me right to the Lord, you know. And then um, as, as life began to change a little bit, I, I, I will never, ever not appreciate it, you know. And if the day does come where I can actually start buying everybody in the room an iPad like I'd like to, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I believe with all my heart that I'm still going to be in a position of... Um, of not being arrogant, but but being really super super thankful for what comes uh, my way because of what I've been through, you know. Um, and if I and if I didn't, I would I think I'd be I'd need to go through it again probably, you know, because I really want God, and and this is part of His kingdom. This is part of His life with Him is for us to be needy for Him and yet not pathetic. Is this making sense to you guys? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Happy are the poor in spirit because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's a lot right there. What is the kingdom of heaven? Well, let's see. Uh, perfection is there. There's healing. There's um, riches beyond measure, right? Healing's the cattle on a thousand hills, which I don't even know what that translates to now. But uh, heaven, it, you know, it has peace, <laughs> The kingdom of heaven is for the one who is is poor in spirit, and they're happy. Uh, yeah, um, 
I think just about every situation that we're in, can, we can apply this to, okay? Even, even in churches. Interesting that you guys were talking, Bill was talking about um, things that took place in former churches, crazy things that were said. Because I started thinking about that today, too, because part of my story about being poor in spirit is being crushed by a church, by being crushed by a leader. Um, it was really, really painful, super painful, um, it, it was awful. And um, I, 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 there's a part of me that just felt like I, I, ain't, I ain't ever going to church again. I love you, Jesus. I'm going to be with you, but I ain't ever being around your folks again. <laughs> uh, and he, you know, he helped me. He, he really helped me there. In fact, I'll, I'll give you a little side note. He said, you know, you know she's, she's messed up, the church, but I love her. So that was a little like spanking, a good feeling one. That helped me to, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. You love her. Okay, I do too. <laughs> but going through this horrendous experience that, that Karina and I faced at a, at a former church um, pushed me to a desperation where I would get up at 4 in the morning and get on the keyboard and just start singing my heart out to God. It was out of my desperation. I could have done that or became an alcoholic, you know, really. And... and um, you know, like, forget this feeling. I don't want to feel this anymore. Here we go. But I decided instead I'm going to just go cry out to God, and I sing some crazy stuff. I, cr- I sing weird stuff. Like, when I lead worship here, I know occasionally I go off, or almost always, actually, uh, into spontaneous things, but when I'm by myself, <laughs> woo, it's, it gets weird. Because uh, I just sing everything that comes up in me, you know. And I've, I've done that in public a few times. <laughs> But I, at the House of Prayer, I do devos on Wednesday mornings, and they've heard some weird stuff from me. But, um, but it's really good. Uh, it, and and I was doing this at four in the morning every day. I would, I would just cry out to the Lord, and all of a sudden, um, songs started to come that I would actually write down, and those are the songs on my CD. You know, uh, <laughs> and the words. Uh, People have, you know, written to me and told me the words that you've written on these on the CD are so healing and ministering. I'm like, yeah, that's because I was going through a real crap. Or, uh, well, yes, a real crappy time. Can I? Uh, I was going through a real crappy time, but it pushed me toward God. That desperation in me, that like I don't know if I can go on thing in me, pushed me to meet up with Jesus and then sing about where I'm at and seeing what he's doing to my heart and then started blessing other people. That ties into me with the whole Solomon thing because his cry was, how can we bless the other people? What can we do to lead the other people? If, if we get our eyes off of ourselves and just keep going, I need you, God, then he's going to bless you in a way where it's going to affect other people and it's going to bless you back because <laughs> sowing, reaping, sowing, reaping, sowing, reaping, Right? The whole thing is so amazing. This is the way of the kingdom of God. It really is. Uh, um, and I do, I do want to point out that, yeah, God definitely wants us to grow. Um, you know, in first, in first Corinthians 13 is where it talks about, um, it talks about getting rid of former things as a child. Okay. But it's talking about the immature things. That's what it's talking about, you know, or, um, not seeing things clearly, you know, not 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 seeing um, 
not being as, as educated em- enough. But then it goes on in the Bible in, uh, hey, in Matthew 18, 22 through 5, um, where Jesus called the little children to him and said, I want you to be childlike, which can sound contradictory to itself in here, but that's why we call it the inside, outside, upside down kingdom, right? It's the inside, outside, upside down kingdom. Okay, nobody knows that song. Anyway, <laughs> it really is, though. It really is. If you're offended by what seems like a contradiction there, then go meet with Jesus. It's what he's wanting anyway. Because in your offense, you're becoming foreign spirit, and you can go find out the truth from him. Hey, hey. So uh, <laughs> oh, I'm getting weirder. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, he wants us to be childlike in the way that a child just simply cries out and believes, you know. Um, my my own kids, uh, they're now adults, but I still love when they need me, you know. I love it. That doesn't mean I'm going to be controlling and keep them around for the rest of my life. But I love when they need me. And, and someday in the future, when they're married and have kids too, they'll still have needs, you know, that they come to me, maybe some wisdom if I got any left or whatever, you know. And, uh, but, it, but it always will feel good because you, you love for your kids to need what you can offer, you know. Same thing with God. It really is, but way magnified. <laughs> I dare you, I dare us all to have a cry in our heart I want to be poor in spirit with this in mind and not, not what you might have thought about that scripture before in mind, but just to say, I want to be like that little bird in a nest that's going, ah. <laughs> you know, I can only do this if you feed me. I, I can only do this thing if you come with your provision. I can only do this thing if you come with your heart and the way you see things, the way you see other people. I can only have this relationship through the way you see them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everything we do, everything we're facing requires this for it to be a success. And the kingdom of heaven will start descending on you in those situations when you're poor in spirit. And it's going to be yours. It's going to come out of your mouth. Isn't that nice? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I want to I want to put something forth to you, like how David called out or you know said to the Lord, um, "I need you. I don't involve myself in anything complicated. I just need you." And then how his, you know Solomon is saying the same thing in the night. I just need a listening ear, because their assignments were gigantic. I want to challenge all of us that if you don't see your assignment on the earth as overwhelming, then you might be seeing it incorrectly. (laughs) If you have squeezed it down into this thing that you in your own self and your own strength can manage, then it's, then it's not, it's not the original call. It's true. He's going to call us to some big stuff. And do you have big dreams on the inside of you that really seem too big? Yeah, he can do it. Whoa, he can do it. (laughs) <laughs> he can he's the one who can give the means and the provision and the ideas you know what i'm saying 
I try. I, I made a new friend over here this past couple of weeks, and I'm trying not to look at him because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he's finding out what I'm really like. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't planning to say this, but uh, I, I met up with Pastor Brent last week, and um, he he um, he made me feel really uncomfortable in a really good way. This is what I mean. We're just talking about some stuff. He knows all. He knows a lot of my weaknesses. He knows. He know. He knows. He knows all about Toddy. I'll tell you that. And um, and we discuss all my weird dyslexia stuff. And you know, he he he. Brent, our our pastor is amazing. By the way, they're on vacation. They're they're on. They're at a wedding, a family wedding in Idaho. If you're wondering where in the world they are, um, but. Brent is, uh, Pastor Brent is amazing. He's amazing. He has amazing mercy and grace. And, um, and even with me, I have, I have strange ways of processing things and hearing things and, um, like auditory processing issues, you know, and, and ADD type stuff and all kinds of weird issues that if, if, if nobody understood, I'd probably never get anything done. But he, um, he will, he will, you know, say, let's, let's have Todd do it this way instead of the way the rest of you are doing it. <laughs> you know, he's so gracious. And so we were talking about that kind of stuff. And, um, and then he turns and he says, remember that one dream in your heart that you told me about? And I, won't, I won't even go into what it was at the moment. But he said, remember that one thing that you said you really wanted to do? I've heard you say that many times. But then you, you just tuck it away when you say it. He goes, let's talk about that one. Well, it's one that seems utterly impossible to me, really. I mean, just so difficult because of the way that I think I am, you know. And uh, <laughs> and he said, let's 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 really go into this. And um, he he starts like uh, he starts telling me how to create a plan, you know, step by step by step to do this thing. And he said. Which thing do you, would you want to do this thing if it, were, it came to pass? Would you want to die doing this thing? I said, yes, I do. Even if I, even if I wasn't youth pastoring anymore, you know, which at, at some point, your kids aren't going to want a 60-year-old youth pastor, you know. <laughs> Why not? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, God, God can do that too. Huh? Totes. Totes for sure. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but sitting there feeling like really uncomfortable, I, I started feeling zeal too. You know, I, th- I thought, okay. Oh, yeah. And I started feeling God's heart, like God saying, I can help you do this. Remember me? Remember me, the great strategist, the one who created you and, and this idea and how to do everything? You know, so I started latching on to it. Finally, you know, I'm going to go for it. Uh, our, 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 our assignment, our dream is not too big for him. It should be overwhelming to us. And if we're in a position of being poor in spirit and just saying, I just can't do this without you. I need you. That's when you go be alone with him a lot. Hopefully you do that anyway. Get lots of intimacy going on with God. And to me, you see, let him in on it all. Spend time with him. Soak with the great creator. 
the master, the one who, who knows how to do all the stuff. And eventually it's going to get on you too, you know. And when you do, when you do start achieving that goal, there's still going to be stuff in your life that you need to say, okay, I still need you. <laughs> I still need you because now I'm in this stage of the game. And it's complicated, you know. I need you. No matter where it is, no matter what scripture we learn, no matter what revelation we got about anything, we still are in desperate need of God. We still need to be hungry. We still need to be thirsty. We still need to come to him like a child. He is an ocean without a shore, and there's so much more. He invites us into the depths of him, and yet we're never going to find all of it. It's weird and neat. You know what I'm saying? Which means we can just jump into an ocean and swim around in it. Skinny dip, because he sees it all. <clears throat> all right, I'm going to stop that. And uh, <laughs> I, I just, I feel like I need to sing something. Can I, can I do that? Um, I, I just, uh, today, um, today when I was just praying about all this and just thinking about this little message here, uh, I kept hearing um, a song, and I just, I, you know, it's a worship song. It's an older one that we all know. And um, I feel like we just need to sing it together. So can I have that stuff on? Is that cool? Let's just soak for a few minutes, yeah? And have this all in mind. Let's, in fact, before, before, uh, before I start singing this, I just want to pray over everybody in case you need to start going, we've got like five minutes, you know, until it's time to get the kids. Um, when we're done here, or even in the middle of singing, if, if the ministry teams can come up and you need some prayer, that's awesome. Um, but I just want to pray this over you guys. Are you okay with me praying this message over you? God, help us to remember that we need your help. Help us, God, to be in a position to remember to be in a humble position where we're mighty and humble at the same time, where we're growing and yet still needing you. <laughs> God, where we're, we're growing leaps and bounds even and still realize that without you, we're absolutely nothing. We love you and we need you. I ask you, God, to tenderize and soften our hearts. We want to be like Jesus, who was amazing, who was without sin and yet became extremely humble and needed you and cried out to you on the cross. This is what you love, and we love you, God. We want you. We, we, are, we are in need of you. We just say it right now. And in every decision we make tomorrow, we're in need of you. But if we can't see it, I ask you, God, to help us open our eyes and ears to just hang out with you all the time. This is that song, Lord, I Give You My Heart. Remember that song? Darlene Check. just get in a position of humility and awe and just offering him our plans and our heart right now.
Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way. give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord come and Together for 
Spirit for coming and and God just giving us your heart the way that you really intended it to be. This is what it truly means, God, to 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 live low. It's not a pathetic thing, God, but we want to live low. You said that we're above and not beneath, and yet we want to live low. In that we just receive you, God. We receive you. We we see our need for you, God. We see our need for you, God. God, I ask that you just wrap this up in our hearts right now. And and God, uh, during the next <clears throat> few moments when people are getting prayed for, God, I thank you for filling us up in the name of Yeshua Hamashiach. Amen. Bless you guys going to play some fun music and have some prayer lines.